Aliens Explored is a podcast exploring famous and obscure cases of UFO sightings, alien abductions and other strange events from both a believing and a sceptical perspective whilst keeping an open mind. I'm Stu Jackson, a professional actor and amateur ufologist with a particular interest in the crop circle phenomenon. I'll be debating that otherworldly visitations are real. The truth is out there. And I'm Neil Kelly. I'm a professional actor as well and used to work for the military as an intelligence analyst. I'll be arguing from a more doubtful point of view. I mean, it's all a bit far-fetched, isn't it? According to some former members of the Defence Intelligence Agency, the American government in 1965 arranged an exchange programme with extraterrestrials from a planet called Serpo. Twelve people were allegedly sent and some returned 13 years later. Join myself and Neil here on Aliens Explored as we try to disseminate fact from fiction when it comes to Project Serpo. Hello everyone and welcome back to Aliens Explored, your weekly look at the skies and um, and, and the bottom of the sea and uh, the suspicious looking people hanging around you. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Neil Kelly. And I'm one of the suspicious looking people hanging around <laughs> you, Stu Jackson. Uh, wow, gosh, yeah. Um, suspicious looking people. Well, you know, they, 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 they walk among us. <laughs> they were, they do They've got that finger that won't bend. You know, that, that. Oh, Invaders. Invaders! That was a series, wasn't it? It Invaders, was. It was the little finger, because yeah, because the aliens didn't have a little finger, so they had to like have one um, added. So oh, was it a, a Quinn Martin production. I, I remember I was terrified when I first saw it. Mm. So I was only little, and I think I was supposed to be in bed, but I was supposed I was up a bit later and. Uh, this this thing started. I thought, oh, that looks intriguing, and then I just got terrified by it. Yeah, easily these, these, done. These aliens that could take human shape, which, ma- which makes more it cheap to make. About that. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember yeah, all, all, all the sci-fi horror of the nineteen sixties. So much of it, whether it was Invaders or Star Trek or Voice to the Bottom of the Sea, would involve um, aliens that could take human shape. And look exactly like us, or an invisible presence. Yes. Or, or quite often they would replicate someone because they had that technology whereby you know the the alien could look exactly. They, they would be they would they would mimic someone. So there would be two Invasion Captain Kirk body or, snatchers. Yeah. Uh, well, this was slightly different. That they, you would actually come face to face with the alien who looked exactly like you. Ah, uh, yes. I'm sure yes. William Shatner did it more than once on Star Trek, and it certainly happened. On a fairly regular basis on Voice to the Bottom of the Sea. Um, yeah, it only happened once with William Shatner uh, where he came face-to-face with himself. That was due to a transporter accident. Mm. But he did uh, do the Mirror Universe episode where he played two different versions of himself in the same episode. Um, mm. But yeah, yeah, that's not what we're talking about today, though, is it, Neil? No, that's not what we're talking about today, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's, it's a, a tangent already. So today we're skirting around a topic. Well, actually, we're going to uh, directly address a topic that we've previously skirted around a lot, and that is Project Serpo. Fascinating, fascinating subject. Um, so prior to, I mean, I'll, I'll say prior to our Close Encounters episode, mm. 
Um, had you come across Project Serpo? Is is that sort of um, part of your lexicon? I certainly hadn't come across it before we started doing this. Um, right. Uh, I mean, it, it was this was to do with the um, alleged survivor from the Roswell crash, wasn't it? Claiming that he came from a planet called Serpo. There are yeah. Uh, so there's. <laughs> That there's a number of mis- misconceptions around this. There were actually <laughs> that's two one crashes. Of them, is it? <laughs> that, that there were two crashes in Roswell. Okay. Uh, or two. Well, not sorry. Two crashes in New Mexico around mm. that time. Um, but yes, one of these. The, the the story for Project Serpo is that yes, one of these beings who survived the crash um, had uh, long distance communication equipment uh, mm. with it, and also a translation device so that uh, they could speak English and could understand us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yes, basically formulated this this agreement that they would come and send for their own spaceship and set up this whole, well, set up Project Serpa, which was an exchange program. For the, I think that alien died before this came to fruition, though. That was... Mm. I believe. Um, but yeah, Project Serpo uh, was that um, first of all, they came along in 1964 to from, from this planet Serpo, which was hmm. the, the origin in the um, Zeta Reticuli star system, apparently. Mm-hmm, um, which is 40 came, light years away. It is. Um, and yeah, it came along in 1964, retrieved the alien bodies, um, and arranged to come back a day, or almost a year later. Uh, in fact, in on the 16th of July, 1965, mm. to do an exchange program. They would give us one of their in, inhabitants would come and live with us, mm. uh, and we would send 12 of ours, 10 men, two women. And two women. And that the ET, he, he was referred to as EBE1, extraterrestrial biological entity. Is that going to replace ET as our, our term for EB? EB, um, EB? It does in some circles, yeah. Yeah, it does in some circles. Okay, that's the first time I've come across that. So the term extraterrestrial, um, mm. it's a bit like the whole UFO, UAP thing. Mm. Um, UFO could... It, 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 it's specifically flying, but UAP is more, it could be weather phenomenon, it could be all sorts mm. of different things. Um, extraterrestrial just means it's from another planet. Now that could be mm. a rock. It could mm. describe, it could be, you know, if there's a, a mechanical life form out there, you know, robots, it would describe them. But EBE or EB, um, mm refers very specifically to biological creatures hmm. from another planet. Now, it could refer to a plant, but it's huh. definitely biological. So, so it's a bit more specific than E.T., but not as catchy in a film well, title. <laughs> yeah, more, more specific. Or, I'm trying to think because UAP is more general than UFO, isn't it? UFO is a bit... Because it's it's only allowing for one kind of thing that you might see in the sky, whereas UAP covers anything that you see up there that you might not be able to identify. 
Whereas an EB... Yeah, I suppose the difference there is that UAP is used because it is more accurate hmm. than UFO. For what more, UFO more accurate is used by being for. more all-encompassing. Yeah, kind of, because we might look at a weather formation and, and think it, oh, look, it's a UFO. Hmm. Um, and we will use the term UFO. Well, UAP would be more accurate hmm. in its description. Um, and, yeah. and also true. If someone said, well, no, that's just that's just this weird thing. It's a combination of clouds and ball lightning and a trick of the atmospherics. They said, well, yeah, so... That's what it was until you until you told me what it was. As far as I'm concerned, it's a UAP. You haven't <laughs> but proven me but wrong. But if it's not flying, but it's if in, it's not flying, then it wouldn't be accurate. No, but a, a, an aerial phenomenon or floating or just I don't know an well, optical illusion. Well, a, a, isn't a satellite technically always just falling? That that's how. Oh, it, falling on a yeah on a. It, it it's it's falling, but it's going so fast um, laterally that it just keeps missing the Earth. That's how that's how orbits work. Yeah, I, yeah. I think I that's, remember reading something so it's about just that. In place. a constant state of falling, but yes, that does ring a bell. Um, if you if you if you slow it down, it will just drop. Yes. So well, back on no. Project Serpo. I was thinking of a way of segueing, but I can't. Mm, so yes. we'll just do it. Um, so these creatures, uh, these extraterrestrial biological entities, mm. um, known as Ebens, mm. uh, which is very close to EBE, isn't it? Ebens. Ebens, yeah. Yeah, I wonder if that's just we've named them Ebens because they're extraterrestrial biological entities. Um, but anyway, yes, from the planet Serpo. Mm. Um, Took these 12, they, they were military personnel um, selected because each of them had a different sort of skill or area of yeah. knowledge. Um, yeah, 10 men, two women, as we as we say. Uh, the original plan was they were going to be away for 10 years, but that ended up being 13 because hmm. something went wrong. Um, only eight returned, though. Well, it said um, the exchange was scheduled to occur at Holloman Air Force Base on April 24th, 1964, with approval from President John F. Kennedy. Um, but something happened and it didn't, <laughs> for some reason, the exchange got postponed. Do you think it, it could have been something to do with JFK suddenly meeting an untimely end shortly after he... he yeah, we, we have we have we have the approval, but it's from a president who's no longer alive, and the, and the the new guy in post isn't too sure about it or something, or hasn't got around to. Could well be. He's got a lot of stuff on his desk, and he hasn't quite got to that yet. Yeah, he <laughs> hasn't got to that page yet. Um, hmm. Yeah, theoretically, theoretically, why or maybe not? The, maybe the Ebens actually saw something in it. So wait a minute, the guy who approved all this has has just been killed by his own kind. Maybe we should hold off for a bit. I think it's more likely that the first one, I, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there because if I was the incoming president and like, you know, obviously this has not been public knowledge and this mm. lands on your desk, it's like, whoa, hang on, this is supposed to happen, what, next week? Mm. No, 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 we need to take time. Let's, let's push that back. Mm. Let's take our time. I want to really get familiar with what the hell's going on. Um, so yeah, I can see that being a, a, a reason to push it back. Um, yeah. Definitely, definitely. Um, 
one of the interesting uh, that, that I've read is that the journey, um, as you say, is 39 light years away. Um, took 10 months. So that's a light year a week. Well, a week by Earth standard time. So you're going 52 times the speed of light. Is that right? No, a light. A light no, yeah, no, yes, you, yeah. yes, 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 you are, yes. Yes, 50, yes, of course. Yeah. It's taking taking you a week to travel one light year. Yeah, 52 times the speed of light. Mm. Yes. It's pretty bloody fast. Mm. But, um, I mean, we've, we've discussed all sorts of ways that people could traverse the galaxy, traverse the universe, and travelling distances that are perhaps millions of light years apart and they don't do it just by going really really fast um they do it by finding wormholes and other shortcuts through you know, by warping space and or, or going interdimensionally or yes and and do you know what it'd be very easy to let's let's take warp wormholes as a mm. an example it'd be very easy to say well why don't they just like open in the wormhole right next to it the planet and, mm. and the other end right next to that planet and that way it doesn't take 10 months but I'm going to speculate. Well, because you don't necessarily know where it's coming out, or perhaps the wormhole itself might have an effect on a planet. Hmm. Perhaps it takes five months to get to a point where you can then open a wormhole, and you Maybe, can only yeah. open it five months away from your your destination target. So it might be that it could be thirty nine light years. It could be three hundred and ninety light years. Doesn't make any odds either way. It's going to take ten months. Mm. Yeah, that would that's do it. Pure that, speculation that, that, on that my part. Satis- that satisfies me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy. Yeah, yeah. We go through the wormhole. Once we're in the wormhole, it won't take any time at all. But we got to get there first. And uh... yeah, it would certainly be an explanation, at very least. Mm. Um. Yeah. So yeah. So only eight return. Seven men, one woman return. Um. Mm. I don't know if you'd come across this in your in your reading about it. Uh, two two of the personnel died on this planet Serpo during their exchange, and two of them decided to remain. Hmm. Now I I find that quite intriguing. Why would you? I mean, so I'm trying to put myself in that position. Hmm. Yes, going, knowing it's going to be for 10 years. Yes, absolutely. It'd be like just the most incredible thing ever. Hmm. Um, but why would you want to stay on an alien world? Well, it might be, you know, Captain Kirk visits some planets. You think, yeah, that would be um, that would be a nice place to stay, wasn't it? Um, wasn't it uh, Jar Jar Gabor, who was queen of outer space? Um, from the all-female planet Venus. You can see why men might want to stay there, a planet populated entirely by voluptuous women. Amazonian types. Well, mm. um, oh, Amazon women but, on the moon. But that's, that's the thing. I mean, we're talking science fiction. That We're talking here about actual genuine aliens and everything would be, unless it is some sort of, Utopian paradise. I, I don't mm. know. I find that. I also don't know um, if it was one of the women who died or one of the women who decided to remain. 
it may be that just two of them just fell in love and decided that they maybe. wanted to. Um, I mean, they, apparently they, they, they planned to stay on Serpo for 10 years, but they turned out they ended up staying 13 years because of the confusion in their calendars because it was difficult to keep track of days because <laughs> there were two suns that were very, made it very bright and very hot. Um, a, a day lasted 40 hours as opposed to 24. They, they miss, won't you? You'd think that astronauts will be able to calculate something like that, wouldn't they? You'd, you'd, well, you'd hope that the Ebens would be able to calculate yeah. something like that. Um, yeah, it does seem a bit strange, that one. But I'm, I'm, do you know what? I'm, this is, again, pure speculation on my part, um, but mm. I'm going to throw out another theory. What if it was two of the male personnel who fell in love? And they and love... Of course, yeah, it's fine. It's fine in- on, Project, uh, on Planet Serpo. They're not prejudiced, but they might not want to come back to Earth. <laughs> yeah, but in the 1960s, I can imagine, well, in the early 1960s, it, yeah, they might have thought, yes, no, they wouldn't understand our love on Earth, whereas for the Ebens, it would be like, to, you know, we don't care, it's a different species. And I think homosexuality was still illegal in England at that time, wasn't it? Um, it was decriminalised in 1967, the 1967 um, Sexual okay. Offences Act, which allows for a sexual act between two men over the age of 21 in private. So um, the, the military weren't covered by that act, for instance, and military personnel. At the time I was in the army, military personnel could theoretically um, get a five-year prison sentence for engaging in that sort of um, conduct. But um, the reality was that the army was surprisingly more progressive than the law of the land. I remember I was with an infantry regiment in Germany and two guys who were supposed to be on guard, well, they were on guard duty, supposed to be patrolling the perimeter, were found having sex. And uh, I remember the sergeant major saying to me, don't worry, we know how to deal with their sort. And I thought, that sounds a bit ominous. So what, Yeah, what they're going to get shot. <laughs> yeah, what, what do you do with their sort then? And he said, oh, we, we put them in um, Mortar's Platoon. And I said, oh, why, why Mortar's Platoon? He said, well, that's the gay platoon. That's what, and it was, you know, the, there, there were the, t- the two heavy weapons platoons, mortars and anti-tank, tended to be the sort of older soldiers where the average age of a, of a, a rifleman was probably about 19. These would be old lags, not NCOs, but they'd lived in their own little quarters on the edge of the barracks and uh, and no one bothered them. <laughs> they just got up to right. whatever they got up. You know, they, they would they would only give lip service to, to military, good conduct and military discipline. Uh, but they were they were heavy weapons experts, so they were... They were, you know, necessary people. Have been put yeah. up with, but yeah, but that, but the, a CO I mean, would become much more progressive these days, of course. But well, yeah, the, back then I can see why it, it wasn't so much. For, yeah, it wasn't so much for progressive reasons. It was that a commanding officer, um, if he dealt with it internally, he can keep it all within the regiment or all within a small number of people within the regiment. If it goes to court martial, it goes beyond the regiment, and the next thing he knows is his peers are going to be taking the piss out of him for having a gay regiment. Mm. I know I was trying to segue that back to (laughs) and I resisted Um, (laughs) I resisted resistance is useless yeah yeah, so anyway I mean that was that was pure speculation on my part Um, I I really wouldn't know Um, but yeah so 
I mean, it's a hell of a story that they they tell, a hell of a report. Um, hmm. It's come from, and this, uh, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit saddened by this, but it's come from anonymous United States government and military personnel, but various, not, hmm. not just one. There's various um, sources, like allegedly official sources hmm. for this. Uh, and it is talked about quite widely. Yeah, no, they they learned that the population of Serpo at the time of their visit was about six hundred and fifty thousand, and they were all Ebens. There was no other race or species on the planet other than Ebens. So, what did they eat? That, uh, Presumably, well, there were other um, species of plants rather than animals. Or they, yeah, they grew their own food, perhaps, or but, or synthesized it. Hmm. So I'm assuming they I mean, just we're mean... not that far from that technology ourselves. We can grow meat in a lab. We can, mm. um, you know, we can synthesize proteins, and we're not far away from being able to do that. So mm. you know, you can imagine a, a species, you know, millions of years in advance of us, technologically speaking. Yeah, that mm. wouldn't be a problem. They wouldn't need a, a food chain or anything like that. Um, and of course, it is possible that Serpo is not their homeworld, but rather maybe a colony. That's possible, isn't it? Yeah. Or maybe they're the only species because they've eaten the rest. <laughs> maybe, yeah. And you know, maybe they, they are the survivors of a catastrophic war. I always think that um, when extraterrestrials come to visit us, they come to sneer as much as anything and see how primitive we are and how we, you know, we, we only make technical, technolo- technological advances if we think it will give us some advantage in a, in a future war. You know, we're pretty much barbarians. We're the same. We're, we're, not, we're not much evolved emotionally from you know, 2,000 years ago, 3,000 years ago, where there's still the same barbarians who will fight a war. Technologically, we have advanced massively, though, certainly over the last few hundred years. I, I discovered a thing very recently um, that absolutely blew my mind mm. is that a Tyrannosaurus Rex, if you look at the timeline of the planet, mm. it is chronologically closer to an iPhone than it is a Stegosaurus. I, yeah, I saw that. It's Yeah. I mean, we tend that to think, is We tend to think blowing. The, the dinosaurs were all sort of there at the same time, don't we? Or roughly, yeah, they all got wiped out yeah. together. We don't, we don't think of, you know, the, the, the process of, of evolution and extinction uh, was, was, was an ongoing thing even then. Exactly. exactly. I suppose because we... It led some credence to the idea of, uh, I, I don't know if you're, you're familiar with this, this hypothesis, this theory, Um mm. That people put out that uh, the dinosaurs did in fact evolve into intelligent uh, Asaurian race, like like humanoid intelligent race, um, mm. but they buggered off in spaceships. I haven't heard that one, or or maybe David Icke would say they actually became kings and queens, and they became our well, rulers. There's that yeah. as well. <laughs> the lizard people. Yeah, rep- reptiloid sort of um, race, but or saurian race rather. Um, yeah, that's 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 out there. That's that's a theory. That's a theory. Maybe one for a future topic of discussion. <laughs> hmm. Perhaps the the lizard Perhaps. people. Yeah, 
Um, yeah, so, got, uh, so, so Project no, Serpo. I, um, actually, I, I, I wasn't really familiar with it at all. I, I had no idea until I looked into it in preparing for this show that there'd been some kind of exchange program, allegedly. Mm. Well, that goes way beyond, you know, way beyond you know, a, a flying saucer crash and we had some bodies and we conducted an autopsy. No, we actually, there was a survivor and we got we got talking to him and he wasn't able to contact his home world, but later on, you know, his his um, his his peers came and collected the bodies and they set up an exchange program and you know, that, that goes way beyond anything I've, I've heard before. Fair enough. Um, but that, that brings us actually very nicely uh, to our usual summary. So, Neil, the, the ultimate question we've got to ask, Project Serpo, is it a real and accurate record of something that happened or is it a load of made-up nonsense? For something that's, that's real and actually happened, um, I imagine very few people have heard of it. Even those who have an interest in UFOs who know who've heard of Roswell, who have heard of Area Fifty One, who have seen close encounters of the third kind, won't it won't have heard of Project Serpo. I hadn't heard of it before. So and there seems to be surprisingly little about it online. I mean most of the most of the, the links go to books on available for sale on Amazon that, that various people have written about it. But um, yeah, it was hard to find you know, I managed to find um where was it on um, on Gaia.com? I found uh, basically a, a summary of it. But uh, yeah, I, yeah, it's, it's well, very for very any of obscure. our listeners who do want to find out about it online and read the accounts from the horse's mouth uh, from the people who are have actually whistleblown about this, you can go to serpo.org. Mm. And how come and there's been no movies about it? Well, one would argue that Close Encounters of the Third Kind was a movie about it. Uh, yeah, because they get on the spaceship in the end, don't they? And so, yes. But that was kind of a, a spontaneous thing, wasn't it? It wasn't arranged by the government and signed off well, by the no, president. Well, no, because he even attends the classes and, you know, they, they get him in, like Richard Dreyfuss's character, in at the last minute because mm. it's, uh, look, you know, he's been brought here. You know, he's been led here. He's, he's received these mm. psychic images for a reason. So he's there with the others, and that he learns all the hand signals, and um, mm. so clearly they were preparing to exchange these people long before the movie, the the start of the actual movie. Okay, I really should watch that again. It's a good At film. It's, it's worth a, it's worth a re always worth a mm. rewatch. Um, yeah, and, and there have been documentaries uh, about it over time, but it's like. So, so you say, like, you know, why have we never heard about it? It's, it's like anything else to do with this part of the, the strange things that go on in life. We don't hear about it because not enough people take it seriously. But we hear about all sorts of other things that people don't take seriously, like Roswell, Area 51, you know, UFO crashes, Foo Fighters. Well, I mean, let's yeah. take... Roswell, like one specific aspect of Roswell at face value, which is that the first report that it was a crashed flying saucer, 
or flying mm. disc, as they very specifically said, a crashed alien flying disc came from the Air Force itself. Mm. And yet people will still be dismissive and say, oh, yeah, but it was just weather balloon, wasn't it? Mm. So, no, I, I never underestimate people's ability to dismiss things just because it's easier not to believe it. And I'm, I'm willing to bet at some point in your life, Project Serpo might have been mentioned, but but because you've got no real connection to it, you've got no reason mm. to sort of pay attention to it. It's like when you, you know, when you're walking down the street and you hear someone behind you, oh, Neil, and you turn around, they're actually talking to somebody else. Mm. You hear that much more clearly than you do any other name being shouted. Yeah. It's, it's that kind of, it's the opposite of that. It, you don't hear about it because you don't have an interest in that sort of thing. But well, I bet I think, you have actually heard about it. Yeah, but I'm also thinking about that we, we discussed um, Project Blue Book. Um, yes. Or the, it was the Robertson Committee, was it the Robertson Panel? Um, yes. And there, there was talk about how they fabricated these stories about UFOs um, and, and just sort of slipped them out into the media um, as, a, as a cover for their experimental aircraft, which they didn't really want people to see. Um, mm-hmm. and which they would want people to really the idea is that you see one of these experimental aircraft um, you attribute it to you, it, your mind connects to these UFO stories you hear um, so you go down to the, the pub and and talk about how you've seen a UFO and everyone laughs at you and you become thoroughly mm-hmm. discredited and, and that's yes. I think that was the idea to, to discredit anyone who, who claimed to have seen one of these experimental well, aircraft well that's it because that works in both ways you know you you, you 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 put out a UFO story and people say, oh yes, well I I saw a UFO. It's like, ha ha, we made it up. So you're nuts. Mm. You know, it, it yeah. discredits on both counts. Um, yeah, um, but you've not you've 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 sidestepped the question. Mm. <laughs> really, <laughs> is it real or is it not? Go on, I'm going to nail you down on this. Um, I don't think it is. Uh, for me, it's a bit a bit fanciful. Okay, I, I we don't, are Sutton. Yeah, I don't think size of the fence. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> think because um, I mean, presumably the 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 EBs who came to Earth were kept on, on a very short leash. E- either they resembled us enough to to pass for one of us, or they were one. just hidden away on an aircraft base. Well, one, but they, one. they sent we sent twelve. 12 extraterrestrials, well, to them, extra, well, to, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> uh, to uh, ex, extra Ebens. Uh, we send 12 of ours out, off to their planet, and I get the impression they just sort of walk around and uh, everyone's kind of. Yes, but if they're an advanced yes. civilization who is accustomed to alien life, mm. it wouldn't yeah. be a problem. It's only to us who we're not i mean we're getting there we're slowly being conditioned i will mm. die on that hill uh, <laughs> but we are getting there but i mean especially you know back in the 60s no no mass panic all the rest of it mm. but as always what we want to really want to know is what do you think listeners is project serpo a load of nonsense as neil would have us believe <laughs> Or is it absolute verbatim, uh, whistleblowing, and every bit of it true, as I would have us believe? 
uh, do let us know via the usual means. You can contact us through email by emailing aliensexplored at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. And not only do we want to hear what you think about this, but we also want to hear your stories as well. What are your UFO encounter experiences, if you have any? What got you into looking into ufos in the first place if you've not got any um you know, and, and especially if, if you have if you have spent time on another planet uh, we'd love to hear all about your experiences we certainly certainly do um but also the opposite you know if you think it's all a load of nonsense and you know it's it's psychologically quite interesting we want to hear from you as well you know it's not just a you know believers only club here is it neil hmm. Well, you wouldn't be Definitely. here, would you? <laughs> I wouldn't be here. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so do. We'd, we love it when people get in touch and, and reach out to us, even if it's just mm. to say hello. Um, that's always mm. absolutely lovely. We do like that. So that's it for this week, though. Um, do join us next time when we're, we're staying a little bit closer to home, um, but we're looking at the potential alien technologies uh, that are possibly have, have possibly been used in the construction of the Coral Castle. The so Coral Castle. miss that one. The Coral Castle. That's one for you to Google. It is. Oh, That's something fun. I've never heard of. Oh, it's very interesting, the Coral Castle. It's on my uh, on my bucket list of places to visit. You're right. Where is it, by the way? It's in America. Where about? I will tell you, I will tell you oh, more I, details I, next time. I'm intrigued. Right. I hope our mm. listeners are. <laughs> yes, you get part two next time. <laughs> Fantastic. Yes, do join us then. In the meantime, keep watching these alien exchange programs uh, that the government are doing. They are doing it, Neil. It really is happening. <laughs> um, and, of course, the skies. Until next time, take care. Catch you then. Bye-bye. Aliens Explored is a Fecal Films production in association with Juicy Falls. Music by Darren Mafucci and editing by Stu Jackson. Find us on Twitter or Facebook by searching Aliens Explored or visit us on aliensexplored.com. <laughs>